0: James Cook is the biggest dynasty winner from the Buffalo Bills during the 2023 season. We will explain why next.
1: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madju.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, we'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Check out our work at Pro Football Focus, at Yahoo, and behind the Steel Curtain. On today's show, we are starting our team recaps. We're starting with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. We're going to be discussing the biggest winners, losers, and some players that you should be trying to acquire this offseason. Let's start, Kate, with James Cook, because I don't think anybody in this team improved their dynasty value more than James Cook.
1: No, James Cook, former second-round pick. You've got to be so excited with what we saw out of James Cook, especially here in the second half of the season. I mean, once Ken Dorsey was out of there, Marcus, it was all James Cook all the time. And I don't think any of us expected the workload to increase that significantly for James Cook. I remember doing a podcast with you at the beginning of last season where we said our biggest gripe is that James Cook doesn't even need 20 plus touches per game in order to be one of the most productive running backs in all of fantasy football. He needs like 15 consistent touches because anytime he touches the ball, it might be going for about 10 to 15 yards because he's that explosive. And that is the element that he brings. And we saw Ken Dorsey leave and my Lord, it became the James cook show. So I don't know what beef Ken Dorsey had, with James Cook, but it was a big he one. Left. Finished as the overall RB11 in half PPR formats. And again, that was after kind of not having a, a huge significant role in the first half of the season, ranked fourth among running backs in total rushing yards. And Marcus, what I think is probably the most incredible stat of all is he finished as a top 11 running back. Despite having just two single rushing touchdowns on the year,
0: which unfortunately is probably going to be a thing moving forward, just because Josh Allen is such a good goal line runner, right? I know, and because they throw a, they throw a lot near the uh, near the end zone. But I mean, I I think he showed you everything you were hoping to see, like the contact balance, the speed, the vision. The only thing that I will say that. Knocked him a little bit. There was a stretch in the middle part of the season where he was struggling to hold onto the ball. And there was a game against Philly where he had a couple fumbles. There was a game against Denver. I think there was a Sunday night football game. He had a couple fumbles in that one. That's the biggest issue. As long as he can hold onto the ball, he's going to be a really productive and efficient player. And what you love about the dynasty value here, Kate, is he's tied to a good offense. Buffalo's not going to draft anybody to replace him. They're probably going to keep trying to find their version of Leonard Fournette and Damien Harris and Latavius Murray, just to kind of give him a blow, right? Still has two years left on his contract, and I thought he just looked so much better than he did last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, ranked eighth in overall yards per carry throughout the regular season, ranked fourth in yards before contact per attempt. So, like, this guy wasn't getting touched. <laughs> like that That's what's so incredible about, james cook is the fact that it you know his his stats weren't reliant on yards after contact you know why it took defenders a while to find him and it, it took defenders uh just a, a step too long usually before we saw some actual uh contact here against james cook he's so explosive he's got the speed didn't see a ton of touches here as a rookie so like you know we look at you know the the longevity as two years left he hasn't I don't think yet maybe seen that full potential of a full workload. Like, well, we he, he
0: didn't even he didn't get it in Georgia. Like he split a lot of time in Georgia. So I wear and tear is not going to be an issue for him at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And we saw in the second half of the season, not, uh, didn't see like, you know, ton of injury concerns once he started ramping up that workload a bit more significantly. And again, I think that element of explosive play that James Cook brings to this offense That does help him kind of, you know, be able to take on more carries because he's not getting touched, right? Like when you're breaking off explosive runs and you're not maybe getting as many of these hits in between the tackles because you're so elusive, that's going to play into the favor of health. So looking at his dynasty value, Marcus, I like, I think, I feel like we're still not high enough on James Cook just based on what we saw RB11 right now in Dynasty Startups based on the most recent batch of Dynasty ADP. I love it.
0: Give me it all day long. I will take that all day.
1: He's currently ranked behind players like Devon A. Chan, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley. I'm arguing that James Cook probably should be sitting right around rb Seven, and I I don't think it's like super close for me.
0: I have a hard time putting him ahead of Achan uh, because I mean, we saw what Achan could do. Like whenever he's healthy, like he is a special,
1: Whenever he's ahead. healthy, Mark. I know that is know. the caveat.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, like I I, I don't get Saquon Barkley at RB ten ahead of him. Saquon's got a million carries on him. He's got the injury stuff. We don't know which team he's going to be on. Just he's a free truth. agent
1: in a very competitive free agent class. Like
0: yep. didn't
1: I, you know, I don't think he hurt his case necessarily this season, but he didn't do anything to improve his stock and free agency this year either. It, you know, obviously maybe somewhat circumstantial, but James cook, I think he brings you everything that all of these running backs ahead of him also bring, but he's got fewer touches. I think his position on one of the best offenses in the NFL is pretty dang secure. Like they are going to bring in some other running backs to spell him, which I think is a good thing. But yes, I think overall what is most encouraging for me in terms of, you know, his long-term involvement with this team is that we just saw this team look a lot better when he was involved. we saw Mm -hmm. when he got carries, he was much, uh, this was a safer offense. I think you saw Josh Allen, when he's able to rely on another playmaker and he doesn't necessarily have to play hero ball to see another down live, that's when Josh Allen is playing some of his best football. And I, I think that seeing the overall results of this team when they are involving James Cook more heavily just plays into the fact that he should be getting a lot more touches moving
0: forward. Just to show you how far we've come with James Cook. So June 2023 ADP. 92 uh, second overall. Now it is 39 overall and climbing. I mean that is a massive massive jump. Um and I won't be surprised if it's inside the top 35 by the time we get to to March and maybe even sooner than that. Kate. Uh really quickly just to show you what the trade market is right now. I think you can get him pretty cheap. Uh James Cook for Brian Robinson and a 2024 second round pick. I'll
1: I'll absolutely take yep.
0: James Cook. That, that trade was completed uh, two days ago. Uh, James Cook for Mondre Stevenson in a 2024 second in a 2024 third round pick.
1: James Cook easily.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of what you're looking at uh, right now is, you know, a, another capable running back in a second round pick. I would do that all day long because we both like James Cook as a low end RB1, high end RB2 going into the 2024 season. All right. So that's our biggest winner. Uh, without a doubt, there's really nobody else on this offense that we can talk like that. A couple of losers uh, from this Buffalo Bills passing attack that I want to talk about next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That is ordering in time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, that's your time to order in with DoorDash. Order a pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Kick back. Watch football at kickoff knowing that you can have the food delivered right to your house so you don't have to get up out of your chair. It's absolutely fantastic. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers or order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash and then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, that is 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports t- is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Kate, let's talk about some of the, uh, the biggest losers on this Buffalo Bills team in 2023. Who do you got?
1: Got to talk about Stefan Diggs, and I'm sorry. I feel like we've been talking a lot about Stefan Diggs uh, lately. We just talked about him on Friday's show, in fact. So if you missed Stefan Diggs's episode, we talked about how he is one of the most confusing dynasty assets to evaluate right now. And, Marcus, it's got to all start with his performance in the first half of the season versus the second half. Obviously, he started out with a league-winning performance. He was... Uh, an absolute target hog. He was extremely productive, Uh, was just 100-yard game after 100-yard game, averaged 16.53 fantasy points per game in the first 10 weeks of the season. Now, you'll remember that there was a big change here with the Buffalo Bills offense. They fired former OC Ken Dorsey. And after that, Marcus, we saw a big flip in terms of Stephon Diggs's production, in terms of, targets per game, fantasy production, efficiency, yards per route, run a uh, threat rate. So that's a uh, target rate on routes run, like across the board, Stefan Diggs was less productive and I have some concerns. So obviously that's one variable. And then we have the concerns that like, Hey, what is there anything else perpetuating this second half of the season drop off? And third, Where is he going to be playing football in 2024?
0: I have no idea. Uh, I I have, it's really interesting. He had an interview, uh, I think it was with Tom Pelissaro from NFL Media uh, at the Pro Bowl, and they asked him, like, where he's going to play. And he's like, I don't know. I I have no idea.
1: The correct Um, answer, sir, is I'm a Buffalo Bill, like, because he is. He's a Buffalo Bill. He is still under contract. But I think the fact that he's even acknowledging that he doesn't know where he's playing is very telling yeah. of the current situation, because again, the correct answer is for the Buffalo Bills, because he is under contract and the way that his contract is structured with dead money, like the Buffalo Bills, if they move on from Stefan Diggs, it is because they really want to move on from yes. Stefan Diggs. And with the financial burden that they're going to have, even trading away Stefan Diggs, that's going to mean that it, I'm going to guess a trade is probably going to be a little trickier to orchestrate yes. than your run of the mill trade for a top end wide receiver. That,
0: that's why I still think it makes the most sense just to bring him back for one more year, kind of ride it out. Because listen, I'm going to mention Gabe Davis is also another dynasty li- loser. Like, do you remember, was it two years ago? He was being drafted in the fourth round of like your startup or not of your like redraft leagues. Whew. And then by the end of the year, he got hurt Week 16. It was week 18 against Miami. Didn't really miss him. You know, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't like, I mean, I I like Gabe Davis, but it wasn't like the offense took a big hit when he wasn't on the field. Those two receivers just took a massive hit in their value. I want to read to you, Kate, uh, Stephon Diggs' Dynasty ADP by month starting in September, 15.5. October 17.5, November November back up to 15, December drops a little bit down to 20. Now we're at 45. It's Ooh. incredible how quickly he fell off from being a guy that was like a borderline first round pick, just you know, just outside of the first round to I have no idea what to do with Stefan Diggs moving forward. We have now seen his <laughs> we've seen his uh ranking in terms of wide receivers drop from like wide receiver 7 down to wide receiver 27 wow. on dynasty league football. And honestly, I think you can make a case that it should be even further down because I'm looking at players like Cooper cup. I'd rather have Cooper cup, Devonte Adams. I'd rather have oh. Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper. I'd rather have Amari Cooper. It's been quite the fall off for Stefan.
1: How much do you think that the offensive coordinator switch contributed to some of his second half of the season woes. Now we started to see the decline in production kind of drop off just before the OC change, which I'm going to give almost a little pass because obviously there was a reason they made no OC change. So yes, all in all, there were a lot of problems on offense in the couple of games leading up to Ken Dorsey's firing, but how much do you think that switch at offensive coordinator contributed? Obviously, he was less involved overall in the offense, wasn't targeted nearly as heavily. You also had the element of a, a Dalton Kincaid breakout, and then you had the return of Dawson Knox from injury. You had a Khalil Shakir breakout. But what do you think is the greatest contributing factor to the decline we saw in the second half of the season? Because I think that that might be
0: a foot what injury. we need
1: to, to – analyze before we can really figure out what in the world to do with him in dynasty a, a
0: foot injury. It's pretty clear that he was not hundred percent healthy at the end of the year. He was on the injury report with the foot injury played through it. I just think physically you could see that he just didn't have the same juice that he did earlier in the season. Um And I know it's really easy just to be like, okay, he's going to be healthy in 2024 and let's not worry about it. But one of the reasons why we get concerned about older players is that they just have a hard time. Balancing back from injuries as quickly and they struggle to play through injuries. Um That I do think that hampered him quite a bit. I'm not sure how much, I'm not sure how much I'm going to trust him moving forward, but it's not a great situation. Kate, I, I do want to mention Gabe Davis here as well. Uh, Gabe Davis, as we talked about, had, it was a really highly valued player a year ago at this time, uh, down to wide receiver 54. He's 24 years old. Um, So I mean, not old at all. He's a impending free agent. I have no idea what to do with Gabe Davis's his fantasy value.
1: I actually, I'm I'm looking at his value and I'm not sure that. So right where he's, he's sitting, right. We don't know what his future is going to be. He's, he's, you know, coming out of a contract year. I don't know if I expect the bills to bring him back, but the the good thing if the Bills did want to bring him back is that I don't think Gabe Davis earned himself a bag necessarily. No. So no the the year that Gabe Davis had, I do think makes it a lot more feasible for this team to bring him back. But I'm looking for the current market at you know, for Gabe Davis. Um right now several trades having gone down in the last week or so. A 2024 second round pick for running back Roshan Johnson of the Chicago Bears, Gabe Davis, and tight end Juwan Johnson, who also had himself pretty solid year. I'm looking at that trade, and I'm saying I'd take Gabe Davis' aside each and every day. Uh, another second-round pick, 2024 second-round pick, for Brandon Cooks, Gabriel Davis, and Sky Moore, who... Who? <laughs> exactly. But like I, I think that when you're looking at... The kind of upside for Gabe Davis. Like he was never going to be a foundational player that you no. can rely on week out in your dynasty leagues. But what I do think Dave, Gabe Davis does for your dynasty roster is A, he adds an element of depth, but he adds an element of depth with just about as high as upside as you could get for a wide receiver four on your roster.
0: I don't know anything. I don't know. Listen. I just know that there's people that I know believe that Gabe Davis is going to be back in Buffalo. Uh, The guys that talk in the sauna that happen to know some people. uh, (laughs) Gabe Davis and Josh Allen are very, very close. And even though the stats might not show like an elite receiver, Gabe Davis does a lot of the dirty work. He is a very good blocker uh, and he is somebody who stretches the field. I won't be surprised if they try to get him back on a one year deal. Um, Just because they don't really have anybody that can kind of occupy one of those outside receiver roles and give them some speed. Uh, But the one receiver, Kate, that I am really excited about on this offense that's not named Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis is Khalil Shakir, who had quite the impressive run to end of the season. Let's talk about him next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some bets. I actually placed a couple bets this morning on FanDuel. I bet on will there be a successful two-point conversion. The 49ers have only attempted one all season long. Chiefs are a little bit more aggressive. I think you'll see the Chiefs uh, attempt one here on Sunday. But FanDuel has so many other ways that you can bet and end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who you think is going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for who will score the first touchdown, how many points will be scored altogether, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash to sign up. That is Fandle.com slash Locked On. Make every moment more with Fandle, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Locked Dynasty Football Podcast. On tomorrow's show, we're taking a look at those New England Patriots, the biggest dynasty winners, if you can even call anybody a winner from that offense, losers, and some trade targets. And speaking of trade targets, Kate, I want to talk about Khalil Shakir, who has been a favorite of mine for a few years now. Uh, am I crazy to kind of go in all in on Khalil Shakir this off season?
1: I don't, especially considering the second half of the season. Now, Marcus, I do want to point out. So obviously in the the last portion of this year, the last like five games that the Buffalo Bills played, which you know, you'll you'll also note there was um, you know, some you know, a, a Gabe Davis injury over that span. Uh, but we saw an increased role for Sha- Khalil Shakir that I think is going to lend itself very nicely uh, to some potential role moving forward. Now, I don't know necessarily what that role is going to look like. And that's my biggest question mark with Khalil Shakir. But you've mm-hmm. got to be pretty impressed, right? Uh, tied for the fourth most yards after the catch per reception, led the NFL in passer rating when targeted among wide receivers with 50 or more targets. Um, you know, He was incredibly productive on a very low average depth of target, literally ranked 75th among wide receivers and average depth target. But what they were doing with Khalil Shakir, get him the ball in the middle of the field and allow him to make those plays after the catch, which that is what he does best. But for as much excitement as I, I think we have for Khalil Shakir, over that last five game span only exceeded 45 receiving yards once over that span. Uh, it had a really solid week, 18 game, six catches, 105 receiving yards, no touchdowns, but uh, did catch a touchdown in each of the past two postseason games. So it's been a mixed bag for Khalil Shakir, and I am I'm very excited uh, to see Aver. what he was able to do. He's 24 years old, doesn't have the draft capital associated, uh, which you know could be somewhat of a hit uh, to his dynasty value. I'm probably a little bit more confused, though. I'm very excited to see where things go with Khalil Shakir, and I think a lot of those question marks have to do with the situation with Stefan Diggs, the situation with Gabe Davis, because I do think what happens with those wide receivers is going to be kind of the determining factor of whether or not you're going to win trading for Khalil Shakir right now. All
0: right. A couple of reasons why I am trading for Khalil Shakir. Number one, he's cheap. He's being drafted as like wide receiver 64. It's nothing you can get him. So here's a couple of recent trades. Khalil Shakir for like Elijah Moore. Give me Shakir all day long. Uh, Khalil Shakir for Marvin Mims. It's a little closer, uh, but I'd rather just have Shakir. Um, I think there's a good chance that if Stefan Diggs moves on, rather than the Bills going out and signing a receiver or even drafting one high, they just say, hey, we're going to funnel our offense. Khalil Shakir in the slot and Dalton Kincaid is the other slot right? basically the other side. And that's our passing attack. And we've actually seen the the Bills do this with Josh Allen before, right? Before they got Stephon Diggs, they had Cole Beasley, who Cole Beasley got a million targets in that offense. And I think Shakir, not only is he significantly bigger than what Cole Beasley is, he's just much better after the catch. I, I just think Khalil Shakir going into year three He's got the size we look for. Pretty good athlete. It's clear that he can make plays after the catch. He's pretty dynamic. I just want him on my team because he very well could be the leading receiver in terms of targets on this offense as soon as 2024.
1: And I definitely think that, you know, maybe a full PPR scoring format is going to lend itself a little bit more to Khalil Shakir's value. Obviously, you had the touchdowns, you know, uh, toward the end of last season, but this offense definitely has plenty of competition for others in the mix. Like, not only do you have Dalton Kincaid playing out of the slot, you also have Dawson Knox, who, you know, I, I don't know what his future is with this team either, but I don't there's think he's a lot be there of hands in the pot.
0: Huh? I don't think he's going to be there much longer. I think they paid Dawson Knox, uh, I think it was last year, just never really developed into that dual threat tight end. Uh, He's getting paid a lot of money. I won't be surprised if he's somebody who ends up getting cut. And then you just run your offense through Kincaid, James Cook, and Khalil Shakir. And I know that doesn't have a lot of big name value. But when you have Josh Allen, I'm not sure how much it matters.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen can be the cure-all. And you know what? I do think that also can lend itself a little bit to you know trying to create a – more dynamic and a little bit of a safer offense for Josh Allen instead of, you know, YOLO balls to the outside, you know, letting him read the field, maximize ability for yardage after the catch, allow him to put a ball in a safe spot, right. You know, leading your receivers over the middle of the field, like that kind of offense might lend itself to bringing out the best in Josh Allen. The only question is, what happens to the other assets in this team? I mean, the bills are going to be one of the most fascinating offenses to watch this off season because they've got a lot of really significant pieces that could mm-hmm. be on the move.
0: I just think he's a really good buy low before we get the news of what happens to Stefan Diggs, whether we get the news of Gabe Davis coming back. And actually I think if, if the bills were to trade Stefan Diggs and bring back Gabe Davis, That would actually make me like Shakir even more because now I know Davis is on the outside. It just opens up even more slot snaps uh, for Shakir. So buy him now before you see his price go way up after the NFL draft. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the channel on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Modjuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. and we will see you right back here tomorrow talking about the New England Patriots.